right, let's get things started with the future of WNBA media, Pepper Pursley. Hello and welcome to this episode of Dish with Pepper. I'm super excited to be interviewing WNBA champion and activist Alicia Clark for this episode. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so how's your rehab going and are there days that you know are harder than other days and how's your recovery? Um, rehab is going well. Um, I've, I went home during Olympic break to do rehab in Nashville. I'm doing it at like a Pilates-based rehab facility. Um, and Pilates is a big part of my daily training. Um, and so the last three weeks have been really encouraging for me because I've seen a lot of progress just in the strength of my foot um, and the exercises and stuff that I'm able to do. And just being able to see that progression over time has been really good. And so yesterday I got to jump. It's not the first time I jumped. Um, we tried it about a week and a half ago and my foot was just not it just was not strong. It wasn't, it didn't feel good. It was painful. And then afterwards, the next day, the next following days, um, my foot was swollen. It, it was pretty sore. So that was a little discouraging. Um, so to be able to jump yesterday, as long as I did, um, and you know, it not hurting and then it reacted really well today that, that gave me, that gave me a little, a little boost. Um, cause rehab is, it's tough. Cause there's a lot of things that you do you know, just on your own every single day, every, you know, the exercises and making sure I'm doing all the little, you know, 10 exercises every single day. Um, it can get, you know, monotonous and you can get to a point where you kind of feel down a little bit, but um, I'm good. I had a, I had a big win yesterday. So I'm, I'm taking that and, you know, celebrating that little moment. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. All right. Yeah. So I often don't get to ask players about free agency. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about that. What can you tell me about free agency and your, deci- and your decision um, to play with the Mystics? Yeah. So free agency, um, honestly, this was the first free agency that I was like actively in, um, you know, other times that I was a, a free agent, um, you know, I wasn't as sought after. And so to be in this space now where, you know, I've been able to um, put myself in a position in my career where now I'm, I'm a valued asset um, to not only the team that I played for, but the other team C, that was something new for me. Um, and so just going through that process was just, you know, having conversations and, and sitting down with myself, thinking about what I want my future to look like, um, you know, and really just pushing myself to step out of my comfort zone. And, you know, it was was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, but my decision was very thorough. Um, You know, I took my time with making my decision and um, I'm going to mute it while they drive by. Um, And so, you know, it just felt right. I prayed about it a lot and it just felt like, you know, it was time to to make a change. Um, And it was, it was extremely, extremely difficult decision to make, but um, you know, I'm excited for the challenges ahead. I'm excited to get back on the court next season and um, continue to build on, you know, the career that I've started so far. You know, it seems like that kind of decision would be really stressful um, and a hard one to make. Um, even with 12 teams, you know, it's, it's a lot of places to choose from. So um, I'm glad you, you talked about that and mentioned that. So how will your game fit into the Mystic style of play? Well, you know, they are, the Mystics and, and Seattle kind of, you know, have the same style of play where it's very open and free flowing um, based on a lot of reads. 
And, you know, thankfully I've been able to play in that system for as long as I have. And so I think, you know, just continuing to expand my game and, um, you know, obviously they shoot a lot of threes. So, you know, being in a position to where I'm now shooting more threes on the move, um, you know, I'm excited about expanding my game too, even like mid range and I'll continue the defensive leadership side of it um, because that's something that I've grown to love. That's a role that I've grown to love. Um, and I'm excited to be able to share that, you know, with my new teammates and, um, you know, like Ariel Atkins, who's so excited and passionate about defense and wants to learn and, and play alongside me with that. So I'm excited. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I'll be just another versatile piece to add to the other pieces that are already there. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, I look forward to seeing you out there with the Mystics. It's definitely going to be a very interesting team to watch next season. So what three words would you use to describe your game? Three words to describe my game. Um, I would say competitive, um, versatile, and gritty hmm. those are three I like those three words um <laughs> it, it, whenever I put people on the spot like this um yeah. it always like breaks in between the words but yeah um whenever they pause it always comes they always come up with the, the best answers that was awesome thank you um so what was your college experience um like and what does it mean to you to be in the middle Tennessee State Hall of Fame College was, um, college was fun. You know, that was the, those years were the years that I really developed into um, a good player. I started really late when it, in terms of basketball wise. So college was, those four years were like my coming out years where like I was finding the type of player I wanted to be. I was gaining confidence in being that post player, that undersized post player. Um, Sorry, the motorcycle. <laughs> um, oh. So, um, yeah, so just gaining the confidence of being that undersized post player, that was kind of where I found my, I found my identity as a player. Um, and, you know, just to be in the Hall of Fame at MTSU is something that I never, I would have never thought would be happening for me. You know, just a kid that stumbled upon basketball because I was trying to find something to keep me in shape for, you know, track season after basketball season to then be inducted into my um, college hall of fame was just, it was a very humbling moment and like just a full circle moment and allowed me to take a pause and really just reflect on how far I've come. Um, because as we were talking earlier, I'm my hardest critic. And so I'm always going to be thinking about what I can do more what I can do better. And I don't really take time to reflect on the things that I've accomplished. So I was really, I was really proud of that, humbled by that, and excited that I got to share that moment with my family. Mm, that sounds like a really incredible moment and an incredible journey. So speaking of journey, let's take it back to the beginning. How did you fall in love with basketball? Well, I really fell in love with basketball when we moved to Tennessee. Um, you know, when we lived in Kansas and I started playing sports, um, track and volleyball were my sports. And, you know, I, I stumbled upon basketball. I needed something to keep me in shape in the winter so I didn't have to work out on my own. And I was like, oh, I'll go try out for the basketball team. Um, so, you know, freshman year of high school, I decided to try out for the basketball team and, you know, was not good by any means. And so when we moved to Tennessee, that's when everything changed for me. 
um, just the process of, of basketball, of learning the sport, falling in love with that process of getting better is where I really started to like, just love the game. Um, and, you know, I had that passion with volleyball, you know, same thing with track, but like basketball, it was different with basketball when we got to Tennessee and just understanding like, oh, if I can do this, this happens. And so that was, I think for me, sophomore year of high school, when it changed for me, when that switch clicked and I just, I fell in love with basketball. We answer my next question. I was going to ask you if you played any other sports growing up, but you answered that. So volleyball and track, yeah. was there anything else? Um, so middle school, you, you couldn't play sports till seventh grade. And I literally just did everything because I didn't want to go home after school and do chores. And that was the only way you got a pass out of doing that. <laughs> so I did basketball, volleyball, track, um, and tumbling. And so it's like basically like indoor gymnastics for middle school. Um, and so, yeah, I just did all of that. But again, I wasn't good at any of them. It was just something to do after school. Um, but those were track and volleyball were the ones I did all through high school. Right. I mean, if you're going to find an excuse for doing chores, it might as well be something helpful and that might actually benefit you. Um, yeah. all right. So um, you love the nation in scoring in college at one point and in the WNBA, you've become known for your defense. How did you transition from an offensive minded player to a more defensive minded player? Well, you know, the thing about sports is that your role is forever evolving. Um, you know, for players that play overseas and play in the WNBA, your, your role is constantly having to make that change anyway. You're having to go from, you know, maybe not as big of a role that in the WNBA team that you're playing for it. And now you go overseas and now they expect you to do everything. So that, that mental switch has always kind of been there. Um, but when I was in Seattle, like I had some amazing vets, uh, you know, that, that were there, Tanisha Wright, Katie Smith, um, Tina Thompson, like all these players that were teaching me how to play basketball from a guard position um, and like giving me pointers and, and teaching me how to do that. So of course, like me coming into that situation, I know I'm not going to be, I don't, I know I don't need to score. Like we have hall of fame, like 85 hall of famers on our team. <laughs> so it was like, what can I add to this team now that can one be something, bring something different, but two that can help them out and help them be better. So in practice every day, it was like, okay, play really good defense to help make your teammates better. And so every day that was just kind of my, that was kind of my mindset. And I was like, okay, if you're going to play, if you are going to get a chance to be on the court, it's not going to be to score, but it's going to be to play defense on somebody. So I had to really buy in to that. And it was just a whole new position. Like I'm having to learn defense from a guard position, um, which I was very uncomfortable with, but I was like, if you want to successfully, successfully make this transition from a post to a guard and play, you need to buy in and you need to like lock in on what it is you're doing and let go of the fear of getting crossed up, getting blown by, like whatever it may be. And so once I did that is where I think that switch, it was, it made it easy to switch. And it definitely, it's definitely a cool story to hear that. Um, Cause a lot of people focus on the offense, but now at the, um, at the biggest stage of your life, the that defense is the really big thing that you're, that you're doing. It's a really cool um, story. So speaking of stories, what was your welcome to the WBA moment? Welcome to the W. Um, <laughs> mm, let me see. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, so after I finally made a roster, 
we had a preseason game in LA <laughs> and you know, I had, I was playing a guard and, you know, at that time, Delisha Milton Jones was on the team and they had some other players. Um, Noel Quinn was on the team. And I remember in that, before that game, um, Brian, who was the coach at the time was like, okay, you're guarding Noel Quinn. And so I remember like watching film and I was like, and I don't know if you've ever seen Noe play, but Noe is like very smooth, skilled ball handler, super high IQ will put you on skates, like, and, you know, not to mention she's a six foot guard. So I'm sitting here like, I've never played a guard. And now you want me to go out here and guard Noel Quinn? I was like, so the entire time I'm like, don't get crossed up, don't get crossed up, don't get crossed up. So I remember it was like, you know, I'm, I'm playing okay defense. I come down and it's like, so I'm like freaked out about like having to guard her. And so I'm thinking like, okay, when I get the ball on the other side, I can just do, you know, what I normally do. Let me just go in for my little reverse layup. So got the ball, drove past, and I, like, went by um, Delisha Milton-Jones to go do my little reverse layup, and she come and just, like, swats it out of bounds. I think I have her, like, behind me, swats it out of bounds, and she was like, uh-uh, youngin'. She's like, that's not going to work here. And I was just like, well, I tried. Not only am I not trying to get crossed up by one of the, like, most skilled guards. Now I'm over here getting my shot blocked by another Hall of Famer and you know Olympian that's like letting me know like this is the big league now. <laughs> that's kind of a crazy story. And now Noah Quinn's like the head coach of your former team. See, life yeah. comes full circle, full circle <laughs> like that, and it's so um, crazy. All right. So, what are some of your um, memories of the WNBA from when you were growing up? Um. Honestly, like I wasn't a big sports kid, so I didn't watch sports. Um, like I knew of the WNBA just because, you know, I had friends that were friends that loved, you know, sports. So I knew of it. And I actually did a book report in high school on Lisa Leslie solely because we had the same birthday and I learned about the WNBA through that. So um, that was like my first memory of the WNBA was just like learning about Lisa Leslie and all that she accomplished solely based on the fact that she had the same birthday as me. So, you know, I, I didn't play sports as a young kid. Like I didn't grow up watching, like the first time I ever watched Michael Jordan play was after retirement when he was with the Wizards. So it's like, it, that tells you something. <laughs> all right. That's definitely a cool story though. I didn't know that you and Lisa had the same birthday. That's cool too. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> So why is the WNBA important, especially in its 25th season? I mean, the WNBA is so important just because it, it's an example that, you know, young girls and boys can look up to and understand that they can achieve greatness, that they can not only be comfortable in who they are, but they can help make an impact. You know, our league has been just on the forefront of so many different issues, but just like about equality and just the the persistence and resilience of the women of this league over the years to continue to make it as successful as it has been. And so I think when it becomes normalized, when you see women in powerful positions as professional athletes, as, you know, Olympic gold medalists, all these things, it, it becomes normal for everybody to dream bigger than what's right in front of them. And so I think, you know, it's just, um, it's an important league for, you know, equality for um, fight and just for greatness. And I mean, I'm honored to be a part of it for as long as I have been. 
Well, that just sums it up. I mean, after hearing that, why not watch the WBA and support that league? Um, so last season was unlike any other season. How have you grown, not just as a player, but as a person from that experience? This guy's playing really loud music right now. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you drive by to answer your question so you don't have all that in the background. All right. That's New York for you. Loud music. Yeah. Higgins, you know. <laughs> I mean, it is loud. And I, I always like kind of feel bad for the people in the cars. Like it's loud for me. Like how loud is I'm, it in there? I, I know. Um, but you know, for me after last season, I learned a lot about myself. One, just in finding my voice and being confident and speaking um, in, in public spaces, um, in spaces that I may not feel maybe as confident in, but knowing that me speaking up is a step in the right direction. Um, it let me, you know, it was really tough mentally for me um, being in a space where I have no outlet for anything. And I know a lot of people can relate, but um, for me, especially, I like to have an escape because basketball was something that I was my escape in a way from just everything else. And I'm not somebody that can be like all basketball all the time because I am an overthinker. It's just not good for me. So I need, um, I need like a break from that so I can like let my mind rest. And so to be in, in the bubble in that situation where it was just constantly, um, it showed me how strong I was. You know, I was able to push through that. I was able to find different ways to release when, you know, not being able to leave or go do the things I would normally do. And so I'm proud of myself for that. I'm proud of myself for um, just having the courage to sit down and have all the conversations we had last year um and 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 speak about it and use my platform for that you know I lost some friends along the way and, and followers along the way but for me that was never the important fact the important fact was always being genuine always speaking from a place of love and a place of truth and I feel like I did that and so standing firm in that was something that I really learned about myself and I'm 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 proud that I that I did that because it was it was challenging but I'm proud I did it and that's really incredible. And I love that so much. All right. So speaking of that Wumble season, um, you won your second WNBA championship. Uh, what was most memorable about your two championships in Seattle? Oh, man. I mean, just the group that we did it, that I did it with. Um, we have, like, our team had such a special bond. And just to be able to do something that you love and win at the highest level with people that you love and adore um, just made it that much sweeter. And you know, it was, it was, it was really special, especially last year because it was bigger than us. Um, and that's something that I will never forget. And so that's why when I, cause people ask which one is, you know, my favorite, obviously both are my, my favorite. I love that. But I think last year doing it for more than myself, um, is, is the one that I'm most proud of. And just, you know, the, the chemistry that we had and, you know, the fun that we were able to have in that situation, um, again, was just really special. So what was it like for you to play with one of the true goats, Sue Bird? <laughs> Birdie's amazing. Um, she's the ultimate professional. She's the ultimate, like, selfless individual, selfless teammate. Um, and so to just be able to watch her again, you know, it's different when you're in season in your city because you, yeah, you see each other at the gym and, you know, you go home, do your own thing, you hang out. But, like, to be able to see her every single day and everything that she put into 
being ready and playing, being out there on the court. Um, and then just finding the space to do that for everyone else on the team was, I mean, yeah, it was pretty special. So she's just somebody that I look up to in so many ways and just, um, you know, not even just on the court, but she's just a great human, you know? And I love that because a lot of times you hope that the best musicians, the best actors, actresses, athletes are just good people. And sometimes they're not, but she is. And I'm, I'm just grateful I got to take the floor with her as many years as I did. And she's even fun to watch too. So um, yeah, she's, she's aging she's... backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's it been like for you to play overseas in France? Um, I had a great time in France. It was my first time being there. The league is super competitive. Um, you know, our club, again, the group, the group of women that I got to play with, I mean, I'm still friends with them. Um, it just speaks to the bond that we were able to create. And sometimes overseas, you never know Pepper because, you know, people have different, you know, agendas and, you know, they're doing their own thing, but I was able to build some really, you know, strong friendships with some of my teammates over there. And the city of Lyon was fantastic. It's a big foodie city. Um, and before the pandemic, I was finding all kinds of restaurants to go eat at, um, you know, just finding all the cool things there to do. And the, it was, I enjoyed my time. Like the three years that we were there, I was there. I just, I enjoyed it so much. So you talked about food and I know you always share a lot of meals um, that you cook on Instagram. So when did you fall in love with cooking and what's your favorite dish to make? Oh man. Um, I mean, I think I fell in love with cooking my first year overseas professionally in Israel. I was trying to um, make just something as simple like a chicken pot pie, you know, and at home you have all the things you can go grab and make it really quickly. And they didn't have all that stuff. So I had to make everything from scratch. And again, it's kind of like the process of basketball where you, you see the process of what needs to happen to create the end product. And you go through those steps to create that. And that's the same thing with cooking that I, I fell in love with. Like, okay, I have to make my cream of chicken, you know, my cream of chicken soup from scratch. I have to make, you know, my pie crust from scratch and da, da, da. And then I know the end result is going to be this beautiful chicken pot pie that I've been craving. Um, and so that's for me, I think is when I really fell in love with the process of cooking. Um, and it's just grown since then, but I love, um, my favorite thing to make. Um, I love making crusted salmon. It's one of my favorite dishes and you can get really creative with the different crusts that you put on. I've gone through a bunch of different tests of which makes the best crust topping, you know, and, and all of that. So I found that and now it's just playing with the different flavors and seeing what you can come up with. Um, and, you know, it's a healthy way to do it. So I, that's probably one of my favorite things that I make most often. Salmon is delicious though. It's really, yeah. it's really good and it's healthy. And yeah, um, so getting back into sports, um, what has sport talk you, taught you about yourself? Ooh, it's a great question. Um, sports has taught me confidence, how to be confident in myself. Um, sports has taught me that, you know, the limit that I see for myself is not the limit that I'm able to achieve. Um, there's always more, there's, you know, always more that I can push through. Um, but it's also shown me how, how tough I am. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, when you're going through different trials or things, you might feel like you're not, um, strong enough or maybe not strong enough to handle something. And sports has taught me that I am more than strong enough. Um, to be able to handle anything that comes my way. And um, 
and it's taught me how to persevere and, and really push for the things that I want um, and not be afraid of that. So um, yeah, like that's, I've never really thought about it <laughs> until you just asked me, but yeah, it's definitely taught me to push and um, not be afraid to go after the things that I want. Yeah, and it's funny because sports um, may not always relate to life, but there's a lot of really incredible lessons you learn from it. Confidence, like you said, teamwork. So um, there's a lot of benefits that come from sports and not only like the accolades and the written things people say for your introductions. Um, yeah. All right, so two last questions for you. Um, so to everyone checking this out, I actually dressed up as AC for Halloween last year. Yeah, um, yeah and it means a lot to me to be able to look up to someone like you. So why does representation matter and what does it mean to you? Oh, first of all, it like, I literally cried when I saw you, when your dad posted, um, tweeted it to me. I was just like, that's never happened for me. And so to see that I was just, I was in awe. So that, thank you. That was incredibly sweet of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people talk about representation a lot, especially these days about how important it is. But I think the most important thing to remember is like, if you can see yourself in someone else, um, it helps you expand, you know, your mind and expand, you know, what you're, what you think you're capable of achieving. Um, you know, if there's, you can only push yourself so far and push yourself so much and, and feel like maybe you're not getting anywhere, but if you see somebody in the position you want to get to hopefully one day, that's going to be an extra added motivating factor for you. And so I think, you know, it's, it's like the saying, if you see it, you can believe it. Um, and so if you can see somebody that is in the position that you're hoping to one day get to, you can believe that you can actually get to that position. And so I think that's why representation is so important. Um, and two, just because representation, you need to, everybody doesn't look the same. Everybody doesn't dress the same. Everybody doesn't live the same. So to see diversity and see those different, um, those differences in different spaces, I think is also really I think it's also really important because um, I think it just showcases. I think it just showcases the beauty of what this world actually is and what this world actually represents. It, you know, it's a very diverse world. So I think seeing that um, again just normalizes it and and makes it known that yes, everybody is not the same and that's okay. And that is basically the number one reason that I love the WNBA, especially as um, a young girl um, and as a young black girl. All right, so last question for you. You always have such powerful messages for the next generation, especially for black girls like me. So what advice do you have for the next generation of female athletes? Oh. Um, I think right now what I would, I would say to the next generation of female athletes is don't allow anybody to box you in. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where not only like the community that you're in society, the standards that they say are what you are capable of, um, you know, don't allow them to place their limitations on you. Um, nobody can tell you pepper what you can achieve because they're not you and they're not walking in your shoes. Um, and so that for me is something that I've learned along the way in, in finding my confidence in finding my voice is not allowing 
others to place their limitations upon me because there was a point in time where I was believing that's all I was capable of until I was able to take a step away and be like, actually, you're capable of so much more and you're allowing what they feel like you were capable of keep you from achieving greatness. And so that would be my message is just don't allow people to, uh, other people's um, limitations stop you from trying to achieve greatness and achieve the goals that you have set for yourself. I love that so much. Yeah, I always think of myself as an abstract shape and not the box or the rectangle everybody's trying to put me in. Um, So I love that. I love that you said that. Um, I think that's a really important message. So I want to end by just saying that um, you've been someone I've wanted to interview for a very long time now. um, And it's always been really amazing in press conferences to talk to you and learn from you. Um, And so it's really important to me to be able to highlight you and your story. And I'm so glad I got to do that today. Thank you um, so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Pepper. And I'm so honored that you chose to interview me and want to highlight me um and it's been it's been so much fun watching you just grow um as a journalist as a female journalist and just your I see your confidence even now in the conversation and you're interviewing like you've grown so much confidence wise and so I can't wait to see what you do um and I'm just happy that I got a chance to speak with you and and come on with you yeah this was so much fun thank you so much you're welcome Big thank you to Alicia Clark and Tisha Penichero for making that interview happen. It was so much fun um, to chat with AC. Um, she's really, really amazing. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Pepper Persley and on Twitter at Team Persley. Catch you all next time. Thanks for listening.